Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God A snake's eyes aren't very good, but they can detect movement. So if the hatchling keeps its nerve, it may just avoid detection. Miraculous escape. 
All right, so we're going to pray for you and send you home. So that actually works into what I'm about to preach, but I think I just wanted to play it because it's super cool and also the scariest video on the planet. Um, that's real, I think, or really good CGI, but who's horrified of snakes? Who's been bit by a snake? That's, that's, hor- that's horrifying. That, that many people have been bit by a snake. Just because we wanted to see how you guys would respond, we actually let a snake loose in this room this morning. Just kidding. That would be awesome. We would film the whole thing. You would never come back, but you would have a great memory, and so would we. So. One, one last thing for me. This next month, we've decided because of space for kids, um, we still have plenty of room in here to grow. But because of space for kids, we are going to be renting the space next door one day a week all month. And they're only charging us 100 bucks a week, which is ridiculous in relation to this building. So I do want to say, as you give for the end of the, end of the year, we don't spend a lot of time talking about giving, um, but it would be great to have a little wiggle room. Um, tax deductible <laughs> words. We're going to deduct taxes for your words, if you can mispronounce them. Um, by the end of the year, it would be helpful. It's going to cost us about an extra four to $500, depending on the, the weeks, months, and then some of the stuff we need to get. So, um, And if you want to give through stocks, we have that option as well. So that's not everybody, but that's some people, and um, it's a really good way to do it. So I'm going to pray. If you guys will just close your eyes. Jesus, you're, um, you're Messiah, and you're Emmanuel, and you've inserted yourselves into the world screaming out at us through grace and kindness, I have a new way that will bring life and life more abundantly and then hoping that we will get it and destroying lies in our past and destroying all of these man-made illusions of power and grandeur and all of that and replacing it with your son who is the prince of peace, who is humble and washes feet and doesn't demand but came to serve. It's confusing, but you're awesome, and you make it make sense when we understand and know you. So today, I pray that as we talk about peace, you would just fill this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is the second week of Advent. We're talking about peace. Um, I love the passage I'm about to preach to you guys. You've already heard it once today, Um, but I just want to give you a quick... Just last week, Sarah actually spoke um, on hope. Did you guys enjoy her message? I always get so much good feedback when Sarah preaches. I, you should probably give that feedback to her. Um, but she, she paved the way. And I think my big takeaway was the tension we live in, this already not yet tension, that while we have hope, we also realize that there are many that don't have hope at all. And we get to be the vehicle of kind of bringing Christ and also helping kind of walk with people who don't have it. That's our whole, you know, I'll just say this, like, I I had a call to prayer this morning for people in our church because I just feel like the enemy has really been, the enemy um, has been just attacking our church. And it's because we're doing ministry in the city. So we really don't care about growing huge in number here. We really care about God doing stuff outside. And we've been seeing people do that. And because of that, I just had a conversation with Alex this morning. The the, the attack is, is just, we're a viable enemy to the enemy. And... A lot of people get afraid when that happens and back off because you kind of start dabbling in some things that really need Jesus, and it's not easy sometimes. We don't. We're going to go all in even more 
We're going to be more available to the city. We're going to be more available to serving and it not being about us. Um, I don't know how I got there. I always do that, like a side trail. So this week is about peace, though. Um, Peace, man. I love peace. One of the best songs ever written was about peace by the Eagles. I don't know if you guys have heard this song. If you have, sing it with me. I got a peaceful, easy feeling. I know you won't let me down. That's good stuff, right? Anybody know this song or are you just going to let me sing? Because I'm already... Is that right? You guys are awful. I'm awesome. You're awful. Don't have a peaceful, easy feeling. The congregation let me down. All right. Moving on. So anyway... I love peace. I always talk about it when we're praying before service. It's always something I feel like the Lord is like stirring in me. Peace. We need peace. I just feel like with Jesus is the purest form of peace, Prince of Peace, right? He comes riding on a donkey to bring peace. People wanted war. He brings peace. People didn't like it. He brings peace. People kill him, right? So when you start talking about our version of peace, we have access to something that people without him don't have. It's pure. I love it. To me, when I feel peace in any situation, it's such the presence of God. It's one of the most purest ways for me to know God is here. God is doing something. When I'm praying and sense it, God's in it. Like, I just, that and compassion. I feel like those two things are, are huge. So, so we look at our world, and there's not a lot of peace. Um, it's really easy, you know, like, to look at CNN or Fox News or whatever it is that you believe is fair and balanced. None of them are, side note. Um, but it's, it's everywhere, right? Like, man, I can't even, Facebook now, I hate Facebook. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's awful. It's just videos. It's just news. You know, 80% of people get their news from Facebook now, which is scary, right? That's super scary. That video was taken off of Facebook, the one I just played for you guys. That's maybe not even real. So, so like, what's happening all over the world right now. People are being killed. And not just here. Like, not just the violence here. Not just the, t- the racial tension here. Not just everything. So it makes you ask a question. Okay. If God is a God of peace, you know, why? And then what do we do with that? Because we all kind of understand. Yeah, there's... So today, I want to talk about a passage from Isaiah. But I also want to just... want to bring something out right off the bat. The reason I played that video was because before the fall, so there's a fall, there's original sin, everything changed, even the atmosphere. Before that, animals could be together. Like, go name them. Adam Adam could just go name the animal. They just, that was a picture of how it was. People walking around naked, we couldn't show that picture. (laughs) Just, you're walking around naked, something's different, and it'd not be bad. Like, animals can hang with animals, predators aren't attacking prey, Original sin happens, and ever since that moment, every one of us from birth has a distinct awareness of self-preservation. Every one of us. It's, and it's there from before you can even talk about it. Babies protect themselves, right? I remember when I was a, a seven or eight-year-old, there was a neighbor next door who had a bunch of motorcycles, so I was always go to his house, and we would ride motorcycles around a seven- and eight-year-old. I have no idea how I was allowed to do that, but we were allowed to ride motorcycles around, and one day, we were sitting out in front of his house, and there was a tree, and out of a tree fell two baby squirrels. Little baby squirrels, like, they're cutest things. Have you ever seen a baby squirrel? 
they're so cute. And, and there was a fence. So I was like, I'm gonna, I am going to seven-year-old scale this fence and be the, the animal hero of the world. And there's a do- this dog that also lived there. It was a Great Dane, which is just giant dog. Walks over. And I'm like, he sees the squirrels. He's going to help the squirrels. So he, he walks over, and he actually starts licking the squirrels. I'm like, we're teaming up, buddy. Eats them both right there. Eats them. I didn't even know dogs do that. Lick, lick, chomp. Okay, that sounded bad for you. I was seven, about to, I was done. I was weeping, crying across the street. Mom! Like, that's, that's our world, right? And that's like a, not really funny, but it's kind of funny. Sorry, Jen. Um... <laughs> So it doesn't just stop with animals, of course, people everywhere, self-preservation. That's why we build fences, right? Like, what's a fence do? Keeps people away, keeps things out, keeps us safe, right? It's in, all, it's in churches. Like, it's a very much like self-preservation kind of feel in churches. Like we, Even though we're supposed to be the best picture of heaven that there is right now. Looking into this should be the most true picture of what heaven is and the kingdom. And so it's there, right? Like, it's there. So I want to talk to you about a story in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 and 10, basically, it's one of those tough passages to read because basically God has given the authority to the Assyrian army to come in and destroy everything. So it's pretty desolate. In fact, as Isaiah begins to talk about what I'm going to talk to you about in Isaiah 11, he's literally looking at what he's loved, his people, and they have been destroyed except for a remnant. Buildings are down. Trees are cut off. Like the beginning of this passage I'm going to read you talks about a stump. That's because that's all that's left. His whole everything has been destroyed because a group of people have decided to become self-sufficient and do it on their own. They don't need God. And this is where it's one of those tough things. God, you know, talks some strong language. God comes and destroys the sinner, destroys violence. And I have a problem with seeing God destroy people. But I don't have a problem when I see that God hates things that destroy people. And those are the things that he attacks. His creation and the things that are unjust, unjust and strongholds and, and governments that would oppress a nation and abuse people, right? Like most sin according to the Ten Commandments, is about harming other people, right? That's important to know. God cares about how we love people. That's why when we do things to, to people that are wrong, it's God will punish us, right? If we do, God will punish us because he loves and he doesn't like people to be taken advantage of. And he has a way, right? And his way looks like a toddler playing over a snake hole and not getting bit. That's not even, that, does, that doesn't make sense at all. You tell me to put my toddler near a snake hole of a venomous snake. This is in this passage. I'm just not doing it. Okay? It's just not happening. But that's like his kingdom. That's a picture of his kingdom. So I want to read you this really quickly. This is Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. And you guys can turn there really quickly. We're going to be speaking from Isaiah a good bit in the next few weeks. Um, He, to me, is just, he's kind of a baffling individual as you're getting to where you're going. He's having to stand in front of a lot of people and tell them things that they don't want to hear. This passage happens to be a good thing, though. So it's like one of his good nuggets. But here's the curveball to this. He's about to tell them about a beautiful thing that's going to happen 700 years later. 
So like when we're praying and yearning and God's feeling, our, we're like, maybe this week he'll answer. He's like, I'm going to give you this beautiful picture that will be answered in 700 years. So you won't even have a clue about it. And I have a, feel, I have a feeling by the end of what I'm sharing, there's a reason for that. But they won't even see it. They're just going to see stumps turn into like half stumps and maybe a gathering again. And maybe the remnant will start to do something. But he, he's this guy that gets to speak God's message to people. And they get to center around and hear it, but don't get to see it. A question for you. Would it be enough for you to know that God's going to accomplish something even if you had nothing to do with seeing it come to happen? Would you be okay with that? If God said, I promise you this will happen, but you don't get to see it? Would you be all right with that? Because they had to be. Because <laughs> they didn't have a building or a nation. They just had tree stumps. So we have more than that. Amen? All right. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth, with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also, righteousness will be like a belt about his loins, and faithfulness a belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat. Just for you to know, it's mentioning a predator and its favorite prey. So this is not just like a random throw some animals on a page and see where it lands. This is the prey and the predator. Perfect. Like the predator's like, you get uh, what, what's your favorite meal? And you're like, I, I really like a fatling, fatling calf. I don't even know what that is. I, I like a fatling. That's what's happening here. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little boy will lead them. Also, the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. This is interesting. Lions don't eat straw, right? They eat us. <laughs> the nursing child will play by the hole of a cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Then in that day the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for all peoples. And his resting place will be glorious. A couple interesting things here. That's fascinating though, right? Just that alone. Like I love the stories about my friend who's a, who's a missionary in Thailand who just, they just read scripture. Like because they've never heard the gospel. Like the stories where they're just like scripture, there's no preacher and people are weeping and like wanting it, right? We're so Americanized that you're just expecting me to unpack this and make it awesome. I'm not super awesome, so... God's going to have to do some Holy Spirit work in you for this to make sense, but I feel like he's led me in some things that I just really think are neat. The stump, right? It talks about a stump, which is what's left, and then it talks about a stem coming from the stump. The interesting thing about this is it talks about whose stump? Why in the world? Who's Jesse's son? Who's David's son? Why would this not be one of their things, right? They're way more important than Jesse. Who is Jesse? I don't even know. 
I tried to study in multiple commentaries. It did not talk about him. It just said he's the father of. That's interesting, right? There's a shift happening in this new leader that will spring up out of death, right? And this is also interesting. This stump represents man's best attempt at a kingdom. This stump is the fruition of great kings, the most wise of all, right? David, right? It's talking about Jesse's stump. It's going to be a new kind. It's going to be a new kind of king, one that doesn't ride on a chariot and wield a sword, but righteousness, right? Wow. And then it talks about how this stem will be empowered. It actually gives, I'm not going to get into this. Sarah was like, you need to probably back off what you're about to do. There's a lot of info there. So I just listened to her because she's smarter than me. Um, and thank you. But there's seven empowerings of the Holy Spirit mentioned here. It's a complete, what it's trying to say, this is a complete empowering that's going to happen through the stem. Completely, biblically, all the things mentioned are what is needed and what is offered by the Holy Spirit, specifically for this individual to accomplish their task. And how will this individual lead? It says that he will judge, right, the poor. And automatically we're like, what? Why do you got to judge people? Don't judge me. But listen, you want a judge if you're oppressed. You want a righteous judge if you're poor. If you're being abused, if you're being taken advantage of, you crave it. You want it. You would invite it. This guy's righteous and just, and he wants to help. Please bring judgment. This makes sense. This is not our picture of Jesus, but this is what it's talking about. This person will come fully empowered by the Spirit to judge the poor, to take on their cause. And that's flesh poor, and that's spirit poor. He sees the weak, and they will slay the wicked. And I'm even open to him slaying the wicked in me. What about me wants to take advantage of people? Just a big elephant in the room since we're talking about animals. All of us are predator and prey. All of us. And we're good at, we're good at being predators, right? Even those of us who, who look like prey. There's some animals, there's got to be an animal that looks like prey that just destroys things. Like all of a sudden it's like <laughs> blood everywhere. We're good at it. So the point here isn't to say we're the good people, right? And those are the bad people, you know? The point is to say, I got as much predator in me as anybody in this book. I got as much. And, and, and when he comes to judge the poor and judge the wicked and even kill the wicked, I got to have that be a metaphor for what he's got to do in me. Because it's easy to be a wolf walking around in sheep's clothing. I don't want to be that. I really pray that I would not be that. I pray that, that you would not want to be that, right? That you wouldn't want to... Take advantage of people or take advantage of systems or understand how it's helping you and not anybody else. And you don't care as long as you got your fence. Am I? Okay. Well, thanks for that. So um, we know this looking back, this stem. We know who it's going to be, right? Who's it going to be? Jesus, right? They had no clue. These guys, man, we have so much more. They had no clue. They're just like, okay, a stem's going to come from a oh, Awesome. We'll surely see that in a few years. No, you won't. Good luck with figuring it out. We get to figure it out because we have seen and heard. We get the curveball from our creator of saying, here's the coloring book story because you're all dumb and you're going to need me to talk to you about this. If we didn't have it, we wouldn't know. Is the word important? We just wouldn't know. This is Jesus, right? This is, this is talking about when Jesus comes. He's going to conquer death 
The stump is a great picture of man-made religion. And out of that comes this life-giving, spirit-empowered individual human that takes on flesh that we get to fall in line with and fall in love with. We can look back and see it. And he's still calling out to us, asking us to be the workers of peace like he is. He's still asking us to look into the poor and the powerless and fight the cause. He's still asking us to get outside of our comfort and go into this world. I'm just being honest with you guys. Even in our peaceless environments, and I believe that we're a Christ-filled environment, I love our community. I brag about you all the time. Out there, it is wolf eating wolf. The prey, we're not even talking about prey because they don't even have a shot. And the world is yearning and asking and calling for us to get ourselves into their mess insert ourselves like Jesus did into our mess through kindness that's what's that's what waiting on peace looks like like and sometimes you got to wait 700 years write that one down in your book <laughs> so so what happens when you yield to this and what will happen like what happened when Jesus came Right, this is a picture that's not yet fully fulfilled because it's talking about the second coming and the first coming. You know that by going to visit a zoo and realizing that there are not lions eating straw, right? Like whether this is a real picture or a metaphor, that's not happened yet. That picture, can you bring up this other picture? This guy that painted this picture is fascinating. He, he actually painted 62 versions of this and was doing his last version as he was dying because he was so fascinated by this picture of what this community would look like, this God kingdom would look like. He was so fast. This is like one of 62, and I can't remember his name because I just get scared when I have to have a name. What's his name? Hicks. Edward Hicks. So you can Google it. All of them kind of look like this. There's even like um, Indians and British dudes. There's babies that look more like porcelain dolls. There's like everything's together, right? Like he's fascinated with seeing this come, but he's definitely not seen it. We haven't seen that. Right? Like, look around. You could point to 10 things in your own family that aren't peaceful. You just left Thanksgiving. You probably had a fight, all of you, with some people in this room. I had a fight with many of you. Not really. That's the reality, though. Look at our world. People are being killed. Like, it's not that, right? You put me with a tiger? I'm not, I'm not hoping that we're finally to this picture. I'm going to be good to wait on it still and, and clear the area. I'm not wanting to be a, near a tiger. Quick story. We were, I was in rehab. And I always go back to my rehab days for some reason. 17 years old. And it was a wilderness rehabilitation camp in Utah. And they literally drop you in the middle of the desert and say, you're going to be walking forever. And don't ask a future question. So you, you ask future questions. So we are about halfway through. And we're walking through tall grass. And literally like eight thuggish and wannabe thuggish people walk up on a giant bull. We're like, I know this is not in your manual, guys. And all of the leaders start freaking out. Like, and we just have to like back away. Imagine if one of us got eight. That could have really happened. Do they eat people or no? They don't really eat people. The story sounds way better if the bull, I almost was eaten by a bull. That really happened though. And I know that he was not wanting to just sit down next to waters with me and be a happy kingdom. It's not... It's not like that yet. It's not like that yet, right? So, but we do see it, though. We do see pictures of this. We do see it when we come together at the Lord's table. 
and you have to look across the table at people who are very different from you. We see it when people decide to serve one another and take off their righteousness clothes that they're better than. We see it when people love one another. We see it when people open up their homes for people to live with them. We see it when people give of themselves freely. We see it when people help other people with what they don't have. We see pictures of this that we don't yet see, but it's not fully complete. It's back again to this already not yet tension that we're going to live in. We're just going to live in because the world is still out there and we're still needing to be in it. So we see pictures of it and we become the best picture for others to see Jesus, the stem. We become like windows that people see and think, I either want what that is or I don't. So it's horrible to me when people are fighting in the church. It's horrible to me when church is fighting church. It's so disappointing because you can't show Jesus if that's the case. It doesn't matter if we're preaching like Piper or if we're worshiping like this church. Those things are like, that's just this. We're talking about real stuff, like where people really need Jesus, not if they like our music or the kind of books we're reading. And the only way they see that is extreme selflessness. The only way they see that is when we step in for the cause of the poor. The only way we see that when they, they see that it's not about us. So when we talk about Advent and peace, we for sure don't have it all, but we have tastes of it, and we can offer it. Does that make sense? So peace will come, and he will continue to make peace, and we're invited. So why Isaiah? Like, why did he write this 700 years before, and they wouldn't even get to see it? That's so disappointing. That would be so disappointing. I got to think this is why. He knew they needed each other, and he knew they needed something from God. And so God painted a picture of what would come. And stepping back from that, like we have time, and I don't know any other way but to say over a period of time, if things aren't happening like we like, it gets worse and worse for us, correct? Like if it's a week, a month, a year, and it hasn't happened, we, we, we start to ache and groan, right? God doesn't have time. This is confusing to me. God's not looking down thinking, how am I going to get them from there to here? I'm going to have patience too. I'm going to have to walk with them. It's not like that for him. It's like that for him, right? So when he talks about seeing this come to pass, he's not waiting for it to come to pass as much as he might already be walking in it. And he might be saying it to us as if we can already be walking in it, but it's coming. And what if the point for these people wasn't that they definitely saw this happen, but that they could trust that it's going to happen? And something in just trusting together was good enough, or why would they have done it? So for you today, as you continue on and as we fight to be not hurried by this December, see, it's disappointing. Why are we so busy? Why do we have to buy so much? You don't have to buy your kids everything. You don't have to buy your spouse everything. Set some goals. Save some money. Give it away. Like, give, give your money to somebody who needs it, right? Like, don't make too many lists about what you need or what you got to do. Peace. Be still. Know that he is God. Wait on him. He will speak. And his word to you might mean that you need to wait more. That might be his word, but he'll be with you in it. And he'll provide around you what you need, and he will accomplish it. It's going to happen, folks. That's going to happen. I kind of hope that's exactly what it is. I'd love to be hanging out with that whole scene. Maybe the other picture from the beginning. 
just hanging out. Like there's a stinking bull and a lion and a baby. And he's leading. The baby's leading. This is weird. So, so why Isaiah? I think he's asking us to be like Isaiah. To look into a world that's definitely destroyed. Like their whole world was destroyed. Our whole world is destroyed. It's worse now than it's ever been. And I'm not a doomsday prophet. Listen, just from our perspective. But it was pretty bad when Jesus was here too. I don't know if you remember, but they killed him and a lot of other people, right? Like it was really bad then. So he's asking us to be like Isaiah to this world. He doesn't want you to build a bigger castle. He doesn't. He wants you to find the brokenness and speak into the brokenness what's going to come. It's going to come. Whether they see it or not, they'll know that they have a voice from God speaking directly to them. Man, sometimes that's just enough. Somebody walking with you. There's so many depressed, broken people in this world. In this church, there are people dying inside right now. We've got our pretty faces on, but if you could just be honest for like 10 minutes, you would lose it, and then somebody would come around you. Sometimes it's just enough, if you're like Isaiah, to speak the truth into something, even if you don't have the answer for it. Will we be like Isaiah? Man, he had to wait too. He had to speak it, not see it except for in his mind in a picture and a vision, and then not get to get to it. Are we willing to do that? Is God good enough for that? Because the the chapters before, right, they decided he wasn't, and they built their own kingdom, and they're standing over it in chapter 11. And it's destroyed buildings, and with us, it looks like destroyed lives. It looks like broken people. It looks like abuse. It looks like a mountain of money that we can get, and nobody's going to remember your money. Nobody. Even if you're the richest guy in Georgia. Nobody. Nobody. But people can be touched by the kingdom through us. And so, yeah, I'm just going to challenge you really quickly. And if you guys want to close your eyes. If I could have the prayer teams just hop in place wherever. We're going to do the prayer up front from now on. You guys weren't here last week. So we changed it to up front. If Rodriguez is going to be here, um, they're going to pray for couples who need couple right in the center. So everybody say couples in the center. Okay, everybody else on the sides. Um, But I do want to just ask you today, right? Like, maybe you're challenged, and I hate using challenge. I just really feel like proclaiming. I spend so much time on the end of sermons. It's, like, always been a thing for me that's, like, so important. I was challenged a couple weeks ago that the end of your message should be more about proclaiming what's already there instead of formulating a challenge to, like, get us to act. It's more just like, this is what the Word is. What are you going to do with it? This is what the Word is. It's His job to accomplish it, not yours. If, If you get more than... If you get anything out of today, know that whatever work is trying to be started or done in your life is his responsibility to complete. You understand that, right? It's not your job. You can't like muster up the awesomeness to become like Isaiah. You can rest in the fact that he wants to do that through you, and you can rest in him to do it. And he will do it. That's just what he does. He does it. So, so today, maybe your practical challenge. Maybe, instead of, maybe just this year for Christmas, you won't buy into the nonsense like you've already got four carloads of Black Friday stuff you didn't really need. Like, what is that? Maybe this Christmas you can decide, like, we're going to do it differently. For us, we do this with our kids, and I, this is super practical, but um, what is it? Something, something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. That's it. That's it. We're not getting them 52 things they want. They're just going to give them away anyway. 
And then another challenge is you guys can give too, not you, our kids. You guys get to give. Where are you going to give to? What are you going to give to? How are you going to give? Not just with your money. What are you, how are you going to give? That's more about this season than receiving, right? Like how do we give would be us following Jesus, not give me my stuff, right? You don't need iPhone 72, okay? <laughs> Calm down. It's not even out yet. You already prepaid. That's the practical one. Now, more deeply input into this moment, spiritually, what is God saying to you right now about peace? What is he saying to you about this picture of him, what he wants to create? When you're connected with him, you have his peace. You get his peace. You get all his stuff. Ephesians 2, you get everything in the heavenly realms through him, right? It's the, he's the new land. For them, it was actual land. For us, he is the land. So everybody, if you wouldn't mind, stand to your feet. Just close your eyes with me real quick. I'm going to do a pointed prayer. Father, I want to ask that you would show us the stumps, the desolations, the rebellions in our world that are death and are awful, and we can see them like Isaiah could see the landscape. Now, God, break our heart for those things that seem to be dead, rebellions or desolations, that you are actually growing out of, that you are actually going to do something in. Give us faith to see that you can restore a whole kingdom, your kingdom, through Jesse, a no one. And you can bring your, God, you can bring your son Jesus 700 years later, but that's 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago for us. We now have what they wanted. So I pray right now in Jesus' name that one, we would walk in peace but more so in trust. We trust you, Jesus. So I'm just going to pray a very pointed prayer. I feel like the Lord is trying to say to some of you, you feel like the stump right now because you've put all of your energy into creating something, maybe not even from a bad place, but it's definitely, it's just been your work. And, he, and you feel like you're at that place where it's just like, I don't even know what to do. I feel, I feel dead inside. I believe he wants the words of Isaiah to, to be planted in your heart that through, through this death, God's going to bring life. And if, if you're someone today that just really is needing life and life abundantly, like John 10 says, and with your eyes closed, I'm just going to read you this passage. Keep your eyes closed. Can you pull up? Um, nope. Okay. So, Father, we do pray for life and life abundantly. So just for the next few minutes, we're going to create a space. If you need prayer, please don't leave without receiving it. I'll close out after that. Thank you, guys. Father, we thank you that you're peace and that you're here and that you love us. Thank you that you're not going to abandon us, you're not going to kick us out, but that you're going to be with us. God, we want to make room for you all season. Jesus, help us to create space to be with you. Saturate our church, our city, in Jesus' name, our families. Help us to get along, in Jesus' name. God, thank you for River City Church. Thank you for every person here who you created and love. There's a there's a group of people in this room you just need to know you were not, it was not a mistake that you were made. It was not, you are so loved right now. 
Jesus, I thank you. He's just going to give identity to some of you if you want it. Just ask him to tell you who you are. Hand over performance. You can just let him tell you who you are in his family. God, I pray that you would fill this room with identity. Jesus, that we would trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys very much. Tuesday night, Night of Healing Prayer. Middle school meeting for those who have a middle schooler in the prayer room. It's not a trick to get you to pray. It's a middle school meeting. Friday night, flannels, Christmas party. Come out to this, guys. Okay? Okay? All right. Love you guys. Great week. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.